night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump, and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby's at the good old hockey game. Oh, good old hockey game is the best game you can name, and the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Good old hockey game is the best game you can name. Here we go, Vegas Hockey Hotline. AM 1400 KSHP. We have great fun doing this. Glad you're kind enough to join us. And we've got one of our favorite guests to get us going on a brand new week. And a Monday Mike Lewis is going to join us here from the Sun Coast. Golden Knights getting back on the beam here. Good game with the Oilers. Edmonton gets the win 3-2. And you just turn the page and start moving forward, checking the injuries and all the news and notes and stuff going on around the league. This week at Anaheim, at Arizona, back home Sunday to host Calgary. So there's your upcoming games for the Golden Knights. Don't forget to spin the wheel when the Golden Knights are home. You get the VGK game day giveaway with our friends at Terribles. It's a Monday. Uh, they'll be hooting and hollering over to Oasis tonight for the Monday Night Football game. Got the Monday Night Maniacs, great prize giveaways over there. And John Smith subs, we're any football gear over there today, 9701 West Flamingo, 20% off for the Monday night game. And when the Golden Knights, of course, any game, they're on the power play. Adam S. Kuttner on Twitter, you jump in there. Golden Knights score a power play goal, you got a chance to win tickets to a future Golden Knights game. So, without further ado, on a Monday, let's get our buddy in here, Mike Lewis. And you and I, we... We watched the Sabres Red Wings. You and I don't have a life. We watched that game the other night. Admit it. Come on, admit it. I know. I admit it. I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my Wings uh, beat your Sabres in overtime. And uh, you know the, the the stat I find interesting is uh, you know Lucas Raymond scores in overtime uh, for the storied franchise that Detroit has. Only two teenagers have ever scored a game winning goal in overtime for Detroit. That's Lucas Raymond and Steve Eiserman. Oh, hello. No, the Raymond, the Raymond kids pretty, been good. Pretty rarefied air up there. So, yeah. Uh, hey, let uh, me, good win by Detroit. Let me ask you a betting question real quick, and then we'll do the deep dive here to Golden Knights and go around the league. Are you, why are you finding this? And tell me why, please. Somebody out there continues to be hammering Seattle in hockey. At the windows. Seattle came to Vegas, however many, what was that, a couple, two weeks ago or whatever. And Vegas was like minus 20 cents against Seattle at home. Injuries or no injuries, it's Vegas at home, and they'd been winning games, and they're only laying 20 cents to the Kraken. Now Seattle's going on the road. How the hell are they, Mike, $1.40, $1.45 at Buffalo? Buffalo just beat Montreal at home, lost in overtime at Detroit. Casey Middlestad, their top center, I believe, is going to dress tonight. And the the decent goalie, Aaron Dell's a sieve. He's not playing. Tukarski's playing. Where where's this money coming from in Seattle? I mean, they could win the game, but I how I don't understand. People are like betting these guys like they know the final score all the time. Yeah, you know, you know, it's Seattle. It's not Vegas in their first year, and 
you know, people are still backing them. And, uh, you know, they're, they're a competitive team. But, yeah, they're still, you know, uh, well under 500 and, you know, minus 15 in goal differential. They're, what, three and seven their last ten. So, you know, the, the, the people that are backing them, I mean, if you're not getting a big price and you're going three and seven, you're not, uh, you're not making any money, that's for sure. All right. No, I just I, I keep and it, not just because it's tonight. It's been it's been it's been going on all year long, and they're not rewarding people that much. I mean, they're okay. They're they're fine. It's they, you know what? It's a good see. The problem is they're always compared to Vegas in year one. That's not fair. I mean, these guys are a decent expansion team. They're more than competitive. Uh, they're moderately entertaining to watch, but I mean, you know, they're not putting up ninety five points this year. No, I think right now they're getting they're getting backing right now. Possibly, you know, their last four games they three and one, and look who they beat. I mean, the last you know their three wins, uh, they beat the Capitals, the Hurricanes, and the, and the Panthers. You know, the three big boys in the East, and you know and so they're going to be riding the hot hand. And that's who, you know that's who the Kraken are right now. They beat three of the top teams in the East. And, and I'm not you know so I'm they're not, riding the hot hand. I'm not knocking them, Mike. But every one of those games, it's funny because we, we do this, uh, we're doing this thing now, um, daily hockey shows, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday with Dana Lane and Alex Smith for BetUS. And we're talking about the first game home, right, from a long road trip. We've, you know this, the players know that. First game home is always a very tough game to play. And... I've been seeing, think of Vegas. Vegas played Detroit at Detroit, into the trip. No bueno. I'm thinking the new thing is the teams on the last game of a long road trip are mentally checking out. Their head's on the plane before they even take the ice. And yeah, that's, that's definitely. But but all those wins, all those wins you just talked about, Seattle, those were East Coast teams getting ready to hop on a plane to go to hell home. It's, no, un- it's unbelievable. I, I understand that. I, I understand, but you know, well, they, well, you know, they they did beat what well, they beat Florida at Florida, you know, so you know they had the the Canes and the Caps at home, but then they went to Florida and beat Florida, yeah, and and people just look at who they've beaten, and you know they've they've won three of their last four against very good teams, so they're going to try to ride the hot hand, but uh, you know they they you have to understand, you know, they also lost. Uh, seven straight before that so you know seattle's who they are i mean they're a nice team they're uh, going to be tough to play against but uh you know they're going to be at the bottom of the division when it's all said and done this year all right so vegas and edmonton the other night and you won't be saying this too often and maybe they are a bit of a different animal i still think defensively there's work to be done and you know i don't know about the goaltending we'll see but Edmonton comes in here and gets a win, Mike. And how often would you say this? Edmonton came here and got a win, and McDavid and Drysaddle weren't on the score sheet. Well, you don't see that often, that's for sure. I mean, you really don't. Uh, one thing, I mean, uh, Edmonton is—they're not giving up the, the uh, you know a ton of goals. I mean, Vegas has given up more goals than Edmonton has this year. So you know. I, their defense still isn't a stellar defense. Their goaltending is better than it's been in the last few years, but not great goaltending. But, uh, 
their defense is a little better than it was last year. The goaltending is a little bit better, and with their scoring, they've been able to uh, to win games. So you know that was a tough game. I mean, Vegas you know, when when they turned it on, they you know they did everything they could except throw the kitchen sink. But uh, you know they came up short. But I thought they played a really good game. No, no, it was a good game. I mean, you're not going you're not going to win them all. There's no disgrace at all. You know, in losing to these guys. But I will tell you this, Zach Hyman was one heck of a good get for Edmonton. He's been a difference maker. He has. He's, he's brought a lot to that team and a uh, uh, tough guy to play against. And he, uh, yeah, and that's what Edmonton's been missing. I mean, Edmonton has, you know, they have the flash and they have the great goal scoring, but they need some grit. And Zach Hyman's bringing that grit to them. Let's talk about Chandler Stevenson, Mike. Uh, he has really taken off, and he was doing this even without Stone and Pacioretty, and his speed, and he's been a difference maker, and it is amazing. It, sometimes it's just all about opportunity, right? And again, talk about highway robbery getting this guy from the Caps. Yeah, I mean, this guy, he's, uh, you know, they, no matter where he's played, he's 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 done great since he's been here in Vegas and, you know, they threw him up on that top line and he's lived up to that building too. Uh, he's really, you know, right now he's, you'd have to say him and Petrangelo are the MVPs of this team right now. Uh, without them two guys, where would this team be? And, um, you know, he, it's going to be interesting to see. I, you know, I, I believe, uh, I, I believe you're going to see, you know, Stevenson stay with the, uh, with stone and, uh, Petrangelo, even if, uh, you know, Eichel gets healthy and comes back. I, I don't think they're going to break that uh, that lineup. I think you're going to see Stevenson still with uh, Pacioretty and Stone. Well, okay, so I'll make you uh, DeBoer. When the day comes, and that's why I'd like to see a little massaging of, of and tinkering a little bit. I mean, I, you can still do that and win games here. But from a chemistry aspect, where do you think Eichel lands? in this roster it's fun to think about well i think this year i mean you have to think you know he's not going to come in with a ton of games left uh and that's coming in at all we still don't know i mean you you just don't know but let's say he comes back with 20 games left ballpark figure i think that you know if everything goes good that might be the right number uh i i think you put Eichel on the second line and you put him with uh well, you put it with Marcia show, and then you know if Smith is still here, Riley Smith. I don't. I'm not sure if Riley Smith will be here. If he'll be the one that has to go when Eichel gets back. Uh, but I think I think uh, I would try that. I would try uh, Eichel on the second line. And it's it's tough for the guys that are here and they've been entrenched. But let's cut to the chase. You you plop in this guy. He's, you're not throwing him on the third line, right? I mean, if, he, if he's healthy and he's good to go, it is what it is. And and I think he'd be a good soldier about it. But talk about all of a sudden down the middle, if you're throwing Carlson on the third line, I mean, that could be really good. Oh, I, I think there's even another benefit than, than for Carlson on the third line. And I'd go, I'd go you know, if we're going to go – you know, make our own lines. Not only would I put Carlson on there, I put Nick Waz a winger, and I would make them my shutdown line. And I would put that t- that line out on the ice every time the number one line that they go against in the playoffs comes out on the ice. 
that would free up both your first and second line, not going against the other team's top line. And I have Carlson and uh, Nick Waugh as my shutdown line. Well, no, and I love that because I was thinking the same thing. And the other benefit it gives you, and I think they get through it. I mean, you know, if you watch it that closely, you know, how it, the minutes are distributed. But if you did that, when you're having to kill penalties, and Carlson's on that third line, and he is going against maybe the other team's best line, and it's a checking nightmare, maybe they could even outplay them. Um, you know, that's what they did when Carlson was the center in the first year. They put him right out there against Kopitar, and they outplayed those guys. But when you're killing penalties, it helps you if you split them up, I think, to ease them back into a routine once you get back to five on five. No, I agree. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a great chemistry, and I think it's a great uh, – I, I like the idea to have a, a, a shutdown line that also can help you offensively. I mean, you know, I, I think it's a great recipe to, to for uh, winning in the playoffs. You know, I for years I saw the grind line play, and they'd go down and they would play against the team's number one offense all the time, and they'd shut them down and let your top two lines go out there not having to play against the other team's top line. And, uh, you know, hey, there's no reason why you put a Carlson, Waugh, and whoever you want to put on their wing, uh, not only – as shutdown, but there's no reason for at various times, and maybe more than 50% of the time they're out there, they can carry play also. Well, the injury bug all around the league, Mike, you watch this stuff. Nobody's feeling sorry for Vegas, and I think the job uh, DeBoer has done here uh, to get to be where they are right now, pretty solid job. And it, it, it's a weird, it almost throws you back to the first year, and I always say this fondly. Whenever I talk about the first year, I'm like, I always I throw the two words in, Max Lagasse. There was no first year without Max Lagasse. You know what I mean? you you got to stay above water, and he kept them above water. And that could have been, hey, boy, aren't these guys pretty good? But they may not have made up the playoffs if it weren't for Max Lagasse. And who knows down the road? Uh, we got to be talking about Lassitian and Ronberg and Cotter and Jones and Hutton. Yeah, and you know, I, I don't. We haven't heard the last of these, these young kids either. I mean, you know, you're you're you go into a playoff series and you look and you're like, okay, let's say they do do the uh, Carlson and Waugh and whoever Dadenoff or Colasar or whoever you put on that other the the wing on the third line. You still have to fill out a fourth line. And if your fourth line's only going to play, you know, seven, eight minutes a game, uh, you know, the fourth line we're used to, you know, the Carrier and Reeves, they go out there, they hit, they do this, but it, it never adds up to anything. They they never, con- you know, they never contributed really on the score sheet in the playoff series. Uh, they just ate six, seven minutes. Well, if you can throw a young line out there with all the energy out there for six or seven minutes, and these guys can put the puck in the net, and I think they've shown that they can. That might be an option come playoff time. You know, you're looking for goals. This team is looking for someone to score. I think, you know, hopefully the first two lines can do it. You know, hope the third line, if it's a a shutdown, can maintain and maybe, you know, uh, be a plus one, plus two. But if you can get a fourth line with some young guys that can score, that's even a bigger bonus than just putting out a line that, you know, we know they're not going to score as long as they don't give up anything. Let's just eat six, well, seven minutes. That's that's to me. That's not a recipe to win. 
Speed of Carlson, by the way, Carlson's in COVID protocol. Uh, and we'll get into this. Let me, I'm going to come back to that in a moment. Let me keep it on the fourth line for just a second. And, you know, Riley Smith's having a, you know, a good, really good season. Very impactful player. It's a contract year. Uh, he's brought her up since he's been here, but it's a contract year. And, you know, he can get paid somewhere, and there's no doubt about that. But I really wonder, with all these injuries and the opportunities that got presented to, and specifically when you were rolling out Lasician, Ronberg, and Carrier, they were playing, Mike. I mean, they were playing good, and they were playing hard, and then these kids were actually potting a couple of goals. Okay, they're back with the Silver Knights. But the fact that you saw them and they got a taste of it and you know what you can do with them and you know when Eichel's coming, this salary cap thing becomes a real thing. What what does that do to the mindset of a McCrimmon sitting there staring going, hey, man, I got those two kids in my hip pocket for a fourth line. I I can shed some space and get some assets in here and still go for it. Yeah, I, I think it, it, it shifts his thought process big time. Saying, you know what, you know, if you if you think that Riley Smith was the guy because of his salary, because you don't want to shed two or three other guys because there's no no one to take their place. Well, guess what? There is there is people to take their place. Uh, you know, you, they saw that last night. The young kids went down to Henderson, and they all. They all bucket us, you know. They all and, got a, got goals. And how awesome is that, Mike? I mean, I, seriously, if you've been up there and you got a taste of it and you played really well, the one thing you want is you want those guys down there and you want them on the score sheet. You know, because you, now you know you can play in the NHL. You better go down there and kick some tail. And that's a good sign. They went down there and did that. Yeah, it was huge. I mean, you know, they got the confidence. Hey, I can score in the NHL. I better start dominating here at the, the AHL level. And I think you're seeing a lot of that. Their their confidence level is just through the roof right now. And I think you're going to see that carry as long as they're playing for the Silver Knights. But these guys, as I said, as a fourth line, you put a couple of these young kids and, you know, someone like a Lecision, a Cotter, I mean, all of them, they've shown that they their defense are responsible. And they bring that energy, but the, you know it's one thing to bring energy and just hit everybody, but it's another thing to actually get scoring chances, and that's what these guys get, and they're capable of getting them. And I, I, to me, if I'm looking for a team, I'd much rather have a, a fourth line with maybe even Howden centering it with a with a Lecision and a Cotter on my wing. Uh, for six minutes a game, rather than throwing out what we've seen the last couple of years on a fourth line, knowing, yeah, they're probably not going to give up a goal, but, you know, odds are they're not scoring anything either. I mean, the other thing is, bud, so you're talking about Lecician and Ronberg specifically, and he hasn't really shown a whole heck of a lot, but it was a pretty small sample size. What do we make of Patrick? If, if this kid gets back in the lineup, I mean – you know, maybe he takes a step forward. Who knows? He could. You know, it's also you know, you know, we also have to find out what his injury is. You know, when yeah. they when they say upper body and it's Nolan Patrick, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, if it's a concussion, you know, he might be done for the year again. So that that's that's a that's a big question mark on what is Nolan Patrick's injury. But uh, you know, if he does come back healthy, 
he may be a fourth line center. I mean, that, that's a possibility. Put him with a couple of the kids. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see if, uh, if and when he comes back. You want to see something from him. I mean, at some point, you know, get him healthy and find out what you got. But, you know, you, you just look down this lineup. I love the fact, how about the Brooks guy, Amadio? I mean, these guys, they're not like lighting the world on fire, Mike. But they do a great job of finding guys you can plug in that won't hurt you. Yeah, and they've been doing a great job. They've always done a good job of that, is finding guys off the waiver wire or, uh, uh, you know, poaching them from other teams that just don't don't want them. Uh, they've been able to find them guys that, that you know the plug and, plug and play guys, and uh, it's worked. Well, but uh, Hutton, you know, Hutton's gonna, another one. Start getting healthy. How about Hutton? Hutton's another one. He looked perfectly fine out there. Yeah, he's an NHL player. He's going to come out. And he's going to do what he does. I mean, he's not going to shock the world, but he he knows what he you know he knows his role, and he's going to do it well. You know, I don't think we're that far off from seeing you know Carlson come back. You know, same injury as uh, Pacioretty, and it happened a couple weeks later. So, I think you know within the next two to three weeks, I think Carlson's back in the lineup, and then we'll see. You know, they take another step forward. What do you make of the COVID stuff, Mike? Here's Carolina. Now they were. I mean, what did they do? I mean, did they lose a bet? I mean, my Lord, they have the Western Road Swing. Then they make them go play uh, after the Western Road Swing. They don't go home. They go to Philly. They go and play a game, and now they're on the road again. And you've got Brett Pesci and D'Angelo are quarantining in Carolina. They've got the, the COVID deal going on there. I mean, we have to watch this stuff, Mike, because it's not its not just a guy. You know, it was the hope. It was a guy here or there. This is just, it's, and thankfully, all these guys come back, and everybody seems, to, you know, ultimately they're fine. I'm, talk, I'm just talking about in terms of fielding teams and playing games, and we had the three games postponed for Ottawa. I, I don't know what to do with this Olympics thing, Mike. I was so all in. I think it's a good thing, and... I I've really and I want to see it, you know. I'd be heartbroken if we get the fair. I love the Winter Olympics. I really do. You know, all the politics and all the crap put aside. I love I like the Winter Olympics so much more than the Summer Olympics. And I'm looking forward to it. And it would be kind of heartbreaking if, if the NHL guys weren't there. But I got to think they're thinking long and hard about this. Yeah, you know, I, I... It might be 50-50 at best, and that teeter-totter is going, you know, starting to lean towards we're not going. I know. Uh, you know, now with this new variant out there and uh, travel bans already, I mean, it's, it's you know, yeah, I don't see it turning around getting better. You know, once again, it's probably going to get a little worse before it gets better. I, I It's going to be, you know, with NHL teams and, you know, we're, we're seeing it in the NFL now, too, and I don't. It, it, it's it's in serious doubt right now that I I'm not sure what's going to happen. Did you? You're uh, you know, you're all back. over. You're a nut bar. I love it. I mean, you follow the prospects in every nook and cranny and all things hockey. I do my best. But you, you're always doing the dig the deep dive. So I heard Elliot Freeman a week ago, and I had not heard this previous that any guy that goes over there and tests positive over there. 
is potentially a three-week quarantine. Now, is that is that something imposed by China, where like they're locking these guys in a room and they ain't letting them out? But if that if that's yep. the, if that's the case, I ain't sending my guys over there, and you're going to be telling my guys what they can be doing? No way. Yep, that's uh, exactly right. Where if they get you know if they test positive at the end of competition, yeah, uh, it could be it could be upwards you know uh, upwards to a month before they actually are playing in the NHL games. I don't know so, how. I don't you know, know how. How do you go to a February? Yeah. Uh, you, and you're, you got you know you got Vegas has five guys over there, and let's say they run some crazy reason, all of them test positive near the end of the tournament. These guys may not be playing until the end of March. No, and there's then no what way. Are you do? There's Especially no for way. A playoff push. No. Yeah. This, this, so this it, is, it is. now. I I heard what uh, I'm going from memory here. I think the drop dead date is January 10th. But I do believe there may be a board of governors meeting second week of December. This thing comes to a head that week. That week, yeah, I think I think December thirteenth. Okay, Monday yeah. the thirteenth, I believe there's a, a meeting, and I think uh, uh, it definitely would be brought up. And I think I don't know if you'll get a decision, but I think you'll probably, if not a decision, you're going to uh, well probably be able to tell which way they're really leaning towards. Well, you know, you know we're, the we're league, giving them two more weeks with this new variant. Yeah, but the league had been, been over backwards. The players wanted this. They went the nine yards. You know, they wanted labor peace, blah, blah, blah. They did it. The owners, we know Bill Foley adamantly doesn't want it. Most owners don't. So, but they went, they went the extra nine yards for the players. And said you can do it, and, but I don't know how the players would actually sit there and say, "What are you doing? You pulled the rug out from underneath this." I, I think, I can see the players. A lot of individual guys have real reservations about this. Like I want to do it. I want to put my country's flag on my chest, and but I don't know, man. I, I this is almost it's a common sense thing at this point. It really is. I mean, you, you, when you sit down with these players and say, this is what's going to end up happening, guys, if you guys go. And if you want to go, okay, we're still open. But you test positive there, and you're not coming back from, you know, we may not see you for another month. Uh, you know, and, and players like on Vegas very well, you know, the month of March is going to be very important. It's not like they're going to have a playoff wrapped up by then. Uh, you know. What do you want? I know you guys want to represent your country, but you know ultimately your your job is to win a Stanley Cup, and you know you have to put priorities first. And you know, I, I guess there's no assurance that the uh, Olympics are going to take place any anyways. I mean, there's a, still a shot that the Olympics may get the you know they might have to pull the plug if enough countries just say you know what, if China starts getting this new variant and you know all these travel bans coming around, nothing's for sure right now. You know, I mean, I just want to talk about hockey. You know, this yeah, thing. Maybe you know. Who uh, knows? Who you know, know? Hey, I'm sorry, we're not going to have it, but maybe uh, yeah. next summer, the summer after, we'll, 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 you know, let's have a you know a world championship in the summer. Well, the other thing that compounds the thing, Mike, is I think they said you know so they're here for the All Star game and then away they go, and. They were making it sound like a logistics thing that you're going to be putting like 50 guys 
you know, the best players in the world on a plane and, you know, from here and sending them over there. And they're trying to figure out the, all the logistics of this, that, and the other thing. I, this becomes more of a dog's breakfast every day. It does. And, you know, the situation to where they're, you know, the, the way it was going to be prior to all this breakout, and that was, you know, it was daunting to begin with. Now we're throwing everything else at it on addition to what was going to happen anyways. You know, I, I think you're going to see a lot of players start saying, well, I don't know if this is the right thing to do. I There's going to still be the hardened players that want to go. But I think uh, hopefully, you know, whatever decision is made, hopefully it turns out to be the correct decision because you'd hate to see them do go and then a major breakout. And here we are playing uh, games in March that really mean something with teams littered with the AHL players. What do you make of it? We see what, what do you think? Leonard, Anaheim, Brassois, Arizona, Leonard back home against Calgary. That makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, that only makes yeah that makes complete sense. I mean, you know the the game that they have with uh, yeah, Anaheim's a big game. Uh, you, you know, you, you got to beat the teams that are ahead of you in the standings. And I think uh, you know they, they they you know almost almost every game's a big game now. But you know you want to beat the team ahead of you, and then you go down to Arizona, and you know you have to take care of teams that you're supposed to beat, and you know then the big big game against Calgary who's ahead of you too so it makes sense that uh, Leonard will see them two teams I gotta be honest with you I mean I, you don't want to see anybody hurt you know I mean it is what it is and but it, it, part of me I think it makes the regular season a heck of a lot more entertaining here that you know they gotta work here Edmonton Calgary Anaheim ahead of them um, and the Sharks are breathing you know and you know, the Kings fell off the map, but the Kings are capable of hot streaks. I just think it's good that the division, that these games aren't yawners. I mean, these are big games. And, you know, it's like you look forward to watching these games because they mean something. This ain't no runaway. Yeah, you know, the teams are ahead of you. You're playing your division games, and they're like four-point swings. Now it's early in the year, and you're only a quarter of the way through. But whenever there's a team ahead of you, you know, you don't want to lose to them teams. They get two, you get none. It's a four-point swing. So the game coming up with the Ducks and the game coming up with the Flames, these are huge games. You want to you grab the points against the teams ahead of you. Let's go around the league, Mike, a little bit. Toronto and the – Toronto's won four in a row. They're going to rack up points like it's a slot machine. Is it going to be any different when the playoffs roll around? We'll see. I mean, their goaltending looks like it's a, a little better than it's been. Uh, defensively, they're playing a little better than what they've been. Uh, we'll see when, you know, as I said, it, it, it's, there's a long way to go, and we'll see if that defense and the, and the goaltending hold up. Uh, but right now, their their goaltending looks fine, and that's the thing. But, they, they, you know, boy, the, the, the weight of the world's on their back come, uh, come springtime. You know, they, and they know that. And it's going to be interesting to see that first-round uh, matchup, whoever they play. Uh, you know, they grab them sticks a little too tight and goaltending's a little shaky. You never know. But right now, Toronto looks, uh, you know, they're in first place and they're, they're playing like they should. And their goaltending's been fantastic. They've won nine out of ten. So everything's good right now in Toronto. Uh, but we'll see come springtime. 
Carolina, they got games in hand on everybody, and they're already 15-4-1. and uh, We got a good look at them. That's a good hockey team. It's a very good hockey team. Uh, you know, and, you know, you look at their division, and it's really, you know, it's them and Washington. And Washington's playing a lot better than I thought Washington would play. But Carolina, they're, you know, they're getting goaltending, too. And their goaltending's been fantastic this year. And uh, they, a lot of youth, and uh, you know this team's gonna this team's gonna be around at the end, and this is gonna be you know the, the East. When you look at the top teams in the East, uh, you know if they all get by the first round, you know that second and third round is gonna be really something. Can you believe the Islanders have lost eight in a row? I mean, I know that the trip and the, and the new arena and the whole nine yards. My lord, I mean. Lou, can you imagine an eight-game losing streak and Lou Lamorella looking down at you? Yeah, you know things just that road trip was just a little too much for them. Uh, you know, it, it was a lot. And the one thing about the Islanders that people aren't talking about: the Islanders are the oldest team in hockey. Also, uh, you know that's that's another thing. You know, you look uh, a team's got to climb out of the cellar uh, in a. And after playing 12 games in a row on the road with the oldest roster in hockey, it's it, it, what a daunting task. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they can find a way to start turning around a little. If not, then, you know, where do they go from there? When the Islanders play Dallas, right, the equipment guy, they should have Metamucil in the Gatorade bottles. They really should because these two teams, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're the you know the, definitely the two oldest teams in hockey. And you know you thought Dallas might be able to make a push, but uh, you know they got you know Dallas is another one. I mean they got a lot of really good young players, but the you know the majority of their team is uh, you know well north of thirty, and you know it's time for them to uh, you know I think you know start start looking at the uh, trade deadline and maybe even sooner and see what they can get for some of their uh, uh, older players because they got a lot of young players on that roster too that are you know. Heskin in, and I mean these guys are in their getting in their prime right now. You don't want to waste their prime years. Hey, I'll, I'll get to your Red Wings in a second here. The Sabers are two games below five hundred. They get Casey Middlestat, who they had high hopes for. Their top center back got hurt in the first game. Uh, it looks like he's probably going to play tonight against Seattle. And then down in the minors, they've got Paterka, Quinn, and Krebs on a line that will be here or be in Buffalo next year. So, you know, they got to get goaltending. I mean, it's, it's a dumpster fire. Anderson had been playing good for them. It starts and ends with goaltending, Mike. I mean, you know, if you don't have a goalie, you have no shot. But the other piece of good news, this morning at practice wearing a yellow jersey, the Sabres welcomed Alex Tuck to the ice, had him lead the stretching drills. So he's on the ice. I, You know, how much longer until he'd be cleared for contact. But it'll be good to see Tuck get his shot. Oh, it'll be good. I mean, and I think, you know, he's going to get big minutes and he's going to be, you know, relied on to be their, their goal scorer. You know, they, you know, that's why they got him. And, uh, you know, the Sabres do have a lot of, uh, young kids coming up. You know, you just mentioned the line down in, uh, triple in the AHL. Uh, they'll be up, uh, Owen power, all likelihood will be in the lineup next year. Uh, you know, you got a lot of young guys that, uh, are going to be coming up at the same time. And, you know, once they get their feet wet and get acclimated to the NHL, 
I think you'll see this team take a big jump. This might be off the wall thinking, but it's amazing. When Yoki Haru came back in the lineup, Darlene all of a sudden looked good, like confident with the puck, but he gets terrorized. Teams run this guy. I'm telling you, Mike, with power coming, you know, if you can get Darlene to have a good month and play really good, I'd move him in a heartbeat and see what you get if you can get a, get an army of stuff for him. Yeah, that, that's that's the one thing that I, you know, I didn't really like what Buffalo did when they, when they you know, they drafted Rasmus Darlene, uh, and they, you know, right right from day one he was in the starting lineup. I think he needed a little North American experience. I think they didn't do him any favors by starting him in the NHL. Uh, I think a couple months in the AHL would have uh, done him a lot. But, uh, you know, you can't go back in time and change no, that now. But, but in powers benefiting uh, from the college game, that will help him. Because he he's, play, he's playing will. older and, guys. And, and he's playing older guys, and, and he's a big guy, too. I mean, he, he can handle himself. He's a... Uh, great condition. He's a, you know, his upper body, you know, he doesn't look like a monster maybe on the ice, but he's, he's plenty big enough that he can handle the, uh, riggers. By the way, you're Mr. Uh, Michigan. You know, I didn't congratulate you on the Ohio state win. And then, well, thank I'm, you very much. I'm, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. By the way, I mean, I don't want to gloss over that. How big a deal is that? It's huge. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a huge win for Jim Harbaugh in the, uh, in the football program, you know, I'm, I'm ecstatic for him. I'm, you know, people have to remember, you know, Jim Harbaugh, it's not like you know, other coaches that come back to their alma mater and take over as a coach. I mean, Jim Harbaugh has been a Michigan guy since he was five years old. He lived right across the street from Michigan Stadium, and he was a ball boy when he was a little boy because his dad was on the coaching staff at Michigan. I mean, this is all he's known is the University of Michigan. So it's not like he just – Pick Michigan to go to college, and at 18, he rolled onto campus. He's been at the Michigan Stadium since he was five years old on the sidelines. I mean, this is this really meant something to him, and you could tell in uh, after the game how ecstatic he was. And uh, the good thing is now, you know, he's got his own recruits. These are his quarterbacks he's recruited, and uh, you know, the, fr- the true freshman quarterback JJ McCarthy, uh, he- he's got some time this year. Uh, this kid's. His, the ceiling is outrageous with this kid. He's he's got NFL written all over him, and he's going to be the the starting quarterback probably next year. And uh, Jim Harbaugh's got finally got the guys that he wanted. He's got the coaching staff he wanted, and they're playing the way he wants to play football. How's that so, working? You know, I I think you're going to see him. Uh, I think you'll you'll see Michigan and uh, Ohio State play for quite a few years uh, for the Big Ten title. So. What's going on with the Michigan hockey team? Brisson, Power, Portillo, Bernier. How those guys are they rocking and rolling? They're playing well. Uh, you know, they they lost a couple games in overtime. Uh, you know, you're not going to win all these games no matter how good you are. But I think, uh, uh, you know, I think they're ranked second in the country right now, and uh, they're playing. You know, they're playing fine. It's, it's you know. Hockey, you're not going to go undefeated, that's for sure. And there's a lot of good hockey teams out there. But uh, these guys are all playing well. The Stars are all doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, and uh, it's just it, it's going to be an exciting time for um, Michigan hockey uh, when you get into uh, in the spring, when you get to the tournament. I mean, this team's going to be uh, definitely the uh, number one seed. And, um, you know, they'll have the bullseye on their back. And that's what these top prospects, this will do them good. Someone like uh, 
like a power. You know, he, he's number one pick in the draft. He's got a bullseye on him. And, you know, for Buffalo, I think they they love it. Let me ask you this out of curiosity. You watch, you've seen way more of the Michigan games than I have. Give me your scouting report on Brisson and is this crazy talk? I mean, because we said this last year about Krebs. I mean, okay, we just got done talking about Lasician and Ronberg. How close is Brisson? I mean, is he is he close to NHL ready, or is he he needs time? Uh, Brisson's shot is NHL ready. I mean, this kid's a sniper. He can pick corners like you know. That's why he's been so successful this year in the or in the NCAA is scoring is because his shot is just it's remarkable. Uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. Do they yeah. sign him and uh-huh. put him in the lineup? Uh-huh. Uh huh. We said it about Krebs last year. What 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 have you what are you through this kid? You bring this kid up, put him on the line with Eichel, you know, and he's yeah. he's, no, sitting, he's honestly, sitting there making the league I mean, minimum. He, and, he, would, he would need he would need help to cover defensively just for the fact that he's. You know, he's coming out of college, and he's he's probably could use a little more seasoning against older players. But would he would the game be big too big for him? Absolutely not. Not the way I've seen him play. I mean, he relishes go and he likes to go to the net. He doesn't mind the physical play, but the, the, his shot is just it, it's remarkable. I mean, uh, to me, he has you know first or second line winger written all over him. So it's. Out there, but it's not insane talk. It's out there. Would I? Would, it, would, would, would my jaw hit the ground if I saw Michael well, centering? Do, well, Marcus don't you Schoen think? Versailles don't you think? Spring? No, I wouldn't. But don't you think seriously uh, how this all panned out? If Krebs didn't get hit in, hit in the jaw with the puck, he was he was going to be there on the playoffs. And who knows if he'd have given him a spark and maybe a little more offense when they <laughs> couldn't score against Montreal? I may. I don't know. I. I wouldn't put anything past these guys, and especially you know, when when you're you're you know saving nickels at the on the back end of this thing, but you don't want to sacrifice goal scoring. No, and that, the one thing Patrick Brisson's going to bring is goal scoring. He's going to bring in the goal scoring. He he knows how to score. He, his shot, as I said, is uh, uh, maybe the best shot in all of the NCAA. I mean, he just he can pick corners incredibly. His his uh, his wrist shot is. Very accurate. I mean, something that Vegas really needs is someone that can put the puck in the net, and Brisson can do that. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, we've seen it before. I mean, look at Colorado; they had no issue bringing Kale McCarr in, yeah, uh, right out of college. And you know, he was the best defenseman they hey, had that year. Look, look what Caulfield uh, I did. Wouldn't mind seeing look yeah, what look, Caulfield. Look what he did for Montreal. Yep. No, and I, I could see uh, I could see them signing Brisson uh, uh, right after the Frozen Four. And you know that'd be the first weekend of April, and see what, uh, or the second week of April, and you know, I wouldn't surprise me one bit. You know, and that maybe that's something that uh, the Crimin's thinking about. All right. I'm sure, he is. I won't hold this against you, but I do want you to be honest. Did you make your son go to kindergarten today wearing maize and blue? I did not, but on Saturday, and it wasn't—it wasn't even me. It wasn't me on Saturday. 
He he picked out his own clothes on Saturday, and he wanted to wear a Michigan shirt. So I was very proud of him. I don't think he even knew they were playing that day, but uh, <laughs> it's a karma thing. It's karma. It is. So I'll tell you what. This Saturday, I'm making sure he's wearing the same Michigan shirt. Oh, that's too funny. Uh, the Boyd uh, Gaming app is really really cool. Mike's over at Suncoast the Sportsbooks, the Corner Alter and Rampart. Swing on by, talk hockey with them, whatever. Uh, it's a great joint. you got a great staff. But you are, honestly, Mike, a treat. We love talking hockey with you. You know your stuff, and it's always fun. And I really appreciate you taking time, pal. All right. Thank you, guys. All right, Mike Lewis. Follow him on Twitter at VegasLou, L-E-W. Follow me at Brian Blessing. Tomorrow, Ken Bolke's in studio. Uh, Wednesday, Jason Pothier. we got great guests for you all week. TC's coming up next. Have a great day, folks.